You are listening to the Beyond Yoga Teacher Training Podcast. I am your host, Sandy Raper. On this podcast, I will share stories and invite conversations that will help you grow and support sustainability within your yoga practice, your pathway of service as a yoga teacher, and beyond. Hey, are you a yoga teacher that sometimes feels unclear about the direction you should take in your teaching path, or possibly you feel uncertain and lack confidence in areas of your teaching skill set? Well, this is where a mentor is so crucial to come alongside of you to help sift through and reinforce the skills it takes to create longevity and to sustain a healthy teaching career. I have 20 years of teaching experience, and I am passionate about supporting you and other teachers to grow and expand into the teacher you desire to be. I can totally support you within a variety of areas, including how to run a successful yoga studio, how to operate as a solo entrepreneur, develop effective workshops and successful teacher trainings, and even the development of your very own podcast to support your teaching career and more. Private mentoring sessions are the fastest and best way for you to get the results you are seeking. Ready to dive in and work with me one-on-one? Well, I'm ready. So head over to my website, sandyraper.com, or click the link in the show notes and schedule your call today. Now, let's get into today's episode. Welcome back to the Beyond Yoga Teacher Training Podcast. I'm your host, Sandy Raper. I'm looking forward to spending time with you today. And today I'm going to start a four-part series where I'll be sharing some key points and insight into how you can impact the experience of the yoga class by facilitating and meeting the needs of the students that attend. In this four-part series, I'm excited to kind of dissect a few areas and spend some time exploring so that you might then collectively put together all of these key points and evaluate how you are going in, if you're a yoga teacher listening, and facilitating the space of the yoga class setting. I spend a lot of time on this podcast discussing the importance of understanding your role as a yoga teacher. I believe that when we get clear about this key element of being a teacher, then we have a greater opportunity to share the yoga practice in a way that impacts the lives of those we are leading. Part of the inquiry of refinement and discovery as a teacher becomes the question that we continually must ask ourselves throughout our pursuits as a teacher. And those would be, what am I teaching and what type of teacher do I desire to be? As well as really asking yourself, where are you leading the students <laughs> exactly? Not just in that classroom space, but where are you leading them and what are you directing them towards? 
you really do have a choice as a teacher. And in your choosing and answering of some of these questions I've just presented, your decision will be reflected in how you approach teaching, your teaching methodology, and ultimately you will teach to others what you feel is important. In this episode, I am going to kick off the first of a four-part series, as I've mentioned, that I want to share about how to meet these needs of a yoga class by sharing with you what this means and some tangible and specific ways that you can incorporate these, these key insights into the classes that you are leading. Over the next four episodes, I am going to highlight four areas that will support you as a yoga teacher and understanding better how to facilitate the experience of the yoga class and meet the needs of the students in the classes you lead. In today's episode, we will explore the first area, and it begins with the environment for learning. In a recent episode, I spoke to the most important skill set for a yoga teacher, and that being the development and ongoing progression of effective communication. When you think about the container of the yoga class, what experiences have you had when you stepped out of a practice with a felt sense of success and a desire to continue to seek out and pursue the practice more fully? What took place that affirmed a decision that you would actually come back? <laughs> this happens for every student that walks in and out of the classes we lead or any of the classes that students are moving in and out of. Students are evaluating their experience from your class on their way to their cars and on the ride home. Now, a side note here, as a student of the practice, reflect into this because you do the same. You're a student first. So after a practice experience, you are evaluating the experience and you're determining whether you might come back to that particular space for that particular teacher's class or not. It's important that as teachers, we use this question for evaluation and let this inquiry direct the class environment and learning opportunity that we have the chance to provide each and every class experience. What is it that you desire for your students to encounter when they come to practice with you? What experience do you wish for them to have? And then are your current methods and approaches leading them towards that intention? When it comes to creating an environment for learning, there are several areas to consider. I now want to share with you a few areas of consideration that will support you as a yoga teacher in facilitating an expanded learning environment for the students you lead. First, an effective learning environment offers a variety of learning methods and they are provided within this setting of a yoga class. Research has actually shown that there isn't really any credible evidence that learning styles exist. 
Students may have preferences around their particular learning style, but research has shown that regardless of the preferred style, students still absorb information, whether it's received in their preferred mode of learning. This doesn't mean that as yoga teachers, we shouldn't understand the varying styles and seek to support a learning environment that blends a variety of learning methods. By incorporating several modalities that supports learning and absorption opportunities for students, you will support an environment where learning is elevated individually as well as collectively. One specific method that comes to mind that I have incorporated over the years is to take time in the beginning of the class to offer an opportunity to educate students on a specific concept that I will be emphasizing throughout the class. By taking time at the beginning of class, I can then use this to reflect back and remind students of the concept or emphasis that is threading throughout the flow of the class. By offering this at the beginning, I can offer an elevated experience by maintaining the facilitation of the flow without disrupting to try and break down a concept in the middle of a class. These pre-flow educating opportunities supports kind of like a little mini workshop feel. And then as teacher, I can quickly lead the class into the start of the practice and I can organize them back right into the intention to begin the practice while still reminding them of the educational concept and how it applies within the practice that given day. Now, I don't always approach every class this way, but I do sprinkle this approach throughout the classes that I teach. I have found that this varied approach to teaching gives an expanded opportunities for students to encounter and explore some of the more subtle concepts that we might feel that we have time to emphasize as we shift into the rhythm and pace of the overall class experience. The next area to consider when creating a learning environment that meets the needs of students is personalization. Within personalization, students receive the individualization of instructions or directives from your language and cues, while also feeling part of the collective of the experience. You as teacher are prepared and ready to meet the needs of each individual student while maintaining the opportunity for all students to have a collective experience together. It's the beauty of the yoga class setting. It's the community aspect. This is where it's important that you are off your mat and out in the room so that you will see what guidance and support is needed from you to support the student's needs. This support may be through some clear directives and additional cueing, the assistance of an alternative expression to the pose or the shape that you are cueing, as well as assistance with the necessary props that support the student and exploring the shape of the yoga pose, individualizing it within their own unique experience. 
This expands further into the responsibility that you have as teacher to notice and adjust the pace of the class. And while you're doing this, you're evaluating and discerning the experience that you are seeing reflected back to you. And it's reflected within the student's response to your guidance and direction. It's important here for me to note that adapting and adjusting your sequence to meet the student's needs may be discerned. So it's important that you are not attached to your sequence or structure of the class you've prepared for and that you have built into your teaching methodology the balance of spontaneity that must be present in order to evaluate and see when adapting the sequence is needed to facilitate the needs of the class. This is a very important skill set for you to develop and grow in. I often share with the teachers that I train that if you look out into the classroom and you see that many of your students or all the students are choosing child's pose, but yet you are right in the middle of your strength building sequence, then take note and make an adjustment. If you just keep going on with your sequence, then you are no longer seeing the students and your focus is no longer student-centered. Your agenda then has become to barrel on through (laughs) with your sequence regardless of seeing and meeting the needs of those right in front of you. You are focused on your plan without any of that spontaneity I've talked about that you need to build into the experience that will require you to adapt your plan. So rather than your goal being going in to deliver and execute the perfect plan that you have designed, it's about going in with the plan emptying yourself of attachment to the plan so that you might see how you can facilitate the space with the use of your plan, but also in the ability to discern when you need to adjust and adapt. I'm trying to think how often in over 20 years have I gone in and perfectly executed exactly what I thought I had planned for that day. I'm going to say that has probably realistically never happened. And quite honestly, I don't want it to happen because if that happens, then it means there's probably a heightened chance that I did not show up and see the students or meet their needs that day. This is very important in your effectiveness and your success in this work of serving students with the practice experience. Now, I also want to share when I I added that little example of if you're seeing all of your students (laughs) taking child's pose in the middle of your strength building um, part of your sequence, then there's a discernment of giving them, right, the pause and the space to experience respite in the middle of that, but also to know, right, and discern when it's time to 
get them rising up and back in because what you're doing is supporting them in a learning environment so that they're building endurance and stamina, which equates to that which we need in life, right? To keep on keeping on when life gets hard because it will. So discern if all the students go to child's pose, give them a few breaths there, but quickly organize the class back, encourage them and get going again, because this is also a discernment that's supporting the facilitation of the needs of the class. Moving along, students learn by what is happening around them. I often tell new students, or I really try to convince them, that no one is paying attention to them while they practice. This is partly true, however, it's not in the context that a new student might feel as they step into their first yoga class. If possible, I often seek to position new students among the other students that I know have a little more experience in the practice and will make a great visual to add to the new student's learning process. Beginning is full of so much to learn. So looking to those around you or for new students to look around them for that extra support will only add great value to their learning experience and the learning environment, especially when the teacher may not always be in the direct line of vision. And you've heard me encourage you, yoga teacher, to be off your mat. <laughs> so I often advise new students that I won't always be a visual and that part of the learning process is to listen. Listen to my cues, listen to their bodies, and then I also advise them to look around and to see what's going on with others all around them in the practice space. Part of the learning process of yoga is to get a better understanding or maybe a clearer understanding of what's going on around us, as well as the proprioceptive qualities of understanding how we're taking up space with our bodies. From there, we begin to move into the interior of the experience, understanding the interoceptive qualities of the practice and the moments when we do forget what the person is doing right beside us, and we find ourselves immersed in our own interior experience. And all of these stages are part of the learning environment that we as teachers are facilitating. So it's a, a huge offering to new students to kind of give them something to expect, to, to understand that it's part of the process and to let them or affirm to them that it is okay <laughs> to be in the process and be in the beginning. It's a beautiful space to be in. So equip with information for new students so that they might have the experience right away to begin expanding and growing in this learning environment. Constant opportunities to explore, discover, and learn is the next key point I want to share about. 
And within this area, I'd like to add that consistency with the constant piece of providing opportunities for students to explore, discover, and learn are key to this area of this learning environment and facilitating the needs of the yoga class. Reflection and new approaches show up within this area. I believe consistency and repetition are a great foundation upon which to build anything new that you are exploring. It's no different in the yoga class. I talk to a lot of yoga teachers who believe that the continual creation of new and creative sequencing is what will keep students coming back to their classes. When what I have come to know and experience is that students thrive and have great success when 90% of the class experience is consistent and only 10% is new. This 90-10 rule is something I teach in my yoga teacher trainings. It supports us as teachers in a variety of ways while also supporting the students we are leading with a wonderful learning environment where they can establish a baseline for their practice that serves as a benchmark or evaluation tool. The 90-10 rule also keeps students paying attention and listening closely, I like to call it, to when I might present a fresh new way of encountering a posture or emphasizing a different exploration that day. I found that the 90-10 keeps me present for students because I am able to teach from a solid place that I know because of the repetition and the consistency and the constant 90% allows me to do this. It keeps me out of my head and fully present in the room instead of trying to memorize something new. Now, I will share with you, I have done the reverse. <laughs> I have taught 10% consistent and constant and 90% new. Let me tell you that in the evaluation of that particular teaching experience, I made a note to myself to never do that again, <laughs> because you know why? I was caught up in my head. I was not fully present for the students. And you know why? I feel like it was not the experience that I wanted to offer to the students. It became more focused on me and what I needed to get out and share rather than being student-centered. In regards to the 10% new piece, that new emphasis or that new offering that you're bringing into the class setting, once I introduce this new concept or exploration, then I start to integrate it back into my 90%. Once it's integrated into the 90, what was once a new mini sequence or a teaching emphasis then becomes that place of knowing because I've taught it with the repetition, the consistency again, so that the students might have the best opportunity to apply and integrate it into their experience within the practice. 
Another concept to consider as you offer constant and consistent opportunities to explore, discover, and learn is to move students from simple to complex within the sequences you offer. This concept has supported my overall approach to sequencing for many years now and has proven to provide a learning environment of success for all students that I lead. This approach lessens the chance of disconnect when you begin to offer more complexity in the sequency progression or layers of the poses being offered. Moving simple to complex will give you as a teacher a reference point to direct or remind students of so that they all might collectively choose the best option that is serving and meeting their needs within your offering. And it adds and contributes to the connection piece and keeps the cohesion of the group. So you don't have a student that feels they they are not progressing into the complexity you're offering and they don't know where to go. They know where to go because you've already offered it in the simplicity, not meaning easy, but the simplicity of the expression or the emphasis or the progression of the pose. The simple to complex approach keeps students engaged, connected in the flow, and begins to offer the development of autonomy where students begin to find their independence with their unique experience of the practice is quite empowering. And if you want to hear more about some of these concepts as it applies to sequencing, then go back and check out episode 71, where I share about the key elements for effectively sequencing a yoga class. As I close today, I've shared this quote before, and I think it's relevant to share again in this episode when it comes to our overall understanding of facilitating the needs of a yoga class. When you consider that change is a learning and learning is change, a bedrock concept in successful change management, the teacher can make the difference. And I'm sure you've heard it said that when the student is ready, the teacher appears. When we say this, it's also important in understanding that effective teachers are facilitators who make their impact by understanding the needs of the learner. I want to reemphasize how important your comprehension is of your role as yoga teacher along with how this impacts your effectiveness in meeting the needs of the students you are serving through the facilitation of a yoga class. You have a great opportunity to facilitate an environment, a learning environment, where students can meet themselves and they can explore how the practice of yoga supports their individual lives with more ease than effort. 
I'm excited to share more about this and expand upon this in the next episode and in the series of episodes to come. Next, I will highlight and share about how the safety of the class experience supports meeting the needs of the individual students in your classes, as well as the collective experience of students and you as teacher that you will be managing in a group class setting. Until then, thank you for joining me, and I'll look forward to meeting with you next time. Hey, are you looking for a way to jumpstart your yoga asana practice? Well, I have a new free resource for you on my website at sandyraper.com. Head on over to my website and at the bottom of my homepage, you're going to find a free mini video practice session with me. Submit your email and you'll receive the video right away. I have titled the practice A Place to Start and I have designed this practice to be an accessible and many practice that will support you in creating consistency and a daily commitment to spending time with yourself on your mat. So head on over and get your free mini practice session today. Thank you for joining me for today's episode. Until we meet again, remember to begin, to become, and to expand beyond.